Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to tonight's main event. Brett Allen. another episode of the brett allen show today we're chatting with voice actor uh and actor adam MacArthur. uh he's a voiceover star anime star actor improviser he does it all uh but most people would probably recognize him from the hit anime series jujitsu kaisen uh which won anime of the year and just a myriad um, of other projects. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Adam. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Super excited to be here and chat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is quite a resume that you have, uh, but you. such <laughs> is the life of a voice actor, right? Because really, um, although maybe perhaps multiple projects might be coming out at one time, these are all worked on over a period of time, correct? Like it's 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 a lot of work and a lot of effort that's put into getting all of this done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the animation in general is, is a much longer timeline than, you know, like a live action series. Um, uh, for the most part, you know, it's more on, on kind of like a movie timeline, really. Um, uh, star versus the forces of evil was another show I worked on. It was on Disney. Yes. Um, and that one started in 2015. Like the first episode aired in 2015, but we started working on the show in 2013. So wow. Yeah, the, t- the timeline can be, can be long. That was a great show. Um, that also starred Eden chair and writer strong. Um, that, that was a good one for sure. Um, is there a preference between the two worlds when you are choosing to work or looking at a project? Or is it just a matter of, you know, you enjoy working um, all together, <laughs> I guess yeah. would be the latter part of yeah. that. Okay, so there, there's a few ways to answer this. There is the uh, the actor answer and then there is the uh, the business perspective. I mean, from, a, from an actor's perspective, for me, any show where I can be a character that's uh, fun, um, not your typical for the genre, um, you know, something that happens to be popular or resonate with an audience is always kind of a dream. Um, so Star versus the Forces of Evil and Jujutsu Kaisen both sort of have that appeal. Uh, they have a huge fan bases um, and things like that. So that there's no preference when it comes to that. Um, I really, really enjoy both both um, uh, genres, I guess you could say. Um, but from a business perspective, I mean, uh, typically a lot of anime is non-union um there's not residuals paid um so like you know, oh wow as, i didn't like, know that that's yeah, cool so as far as st- i i will say the the union thing is changing a lot but as far as uh you know streaming services and the deals actors uh the actors unions have with streaming services there's no residuals paid so you know in terms of like making a living anime is much more difficult than a show like a star versus the forces of evil or a show that's you know on a union contract and some stuff like that so Interesting. I didn't know that. So anime, it's, this is it. This is what you get. And mm-hmm. that's it. Like it's one and done. So yeah, there, there's no, 
every time it airs on this network or that network, you right. get a residual check in the mail. And for people that don't know what that is, if somebody is a part of something and it airs simultaneously or in syndication, depending on the show, like a Seinfeld or a Friends versus like, you know, Big City Greens, it could be markedly different Yeah, every time an actor is paid. Yeah, and I will say it's not necessarily just an anime thing. It's just that anime falls under that kind of like new media, which which is the streaming services. Yeah, it's a you know everything changed really quickly, just like technologically and how people are viewing TV and all of that stuff within the last few years. And it's taken a long time to for like the unions and contracts and stuff like that to get to to catch up and make sure that actors are being taken care of when it comes to these things. So yeah, it's been I mean, it's been it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've had a great career obviously and you've been a part of some amazing projects, but I could also understand the challenges that come along with that as well. You know what I'm saying as far as like choosing a project and knowing, you know, how is this going to pan out in the long run, right? And yeah. kind of deciding you know, is this going to be worth my time? Because there's those situations where you're maybe just working to work, uh, but then on the reverse, you know, you're choosing a project specifically to approach for whatever the other reasons might be, whether it's creatively or whatnot, right? Yeah, I think every actor probably dreams of being able to have the the actor's <laughs> yeah. luxury of saying like, oh, you know what? I don't think that is a project for me and, and things like that. And uh, fortunately, I've, I have been doing this for a, a while. And yeah, I think I think for me, uh, what I look for now in a project is um, something that's going to be fun to do. I think of the people behind it. Okay. Like, you know, this is a crew that I would really want to work with. Or this is a creator that I really like. Or my other friends are on this show. Um it's the collaboration and, and all that that's really fun for me. So, yeah, it's been cool. I mean, my my castmates for Jujutsu Kaisen, actually, so we just got back from Crunchyroll Expo 2022, which Crunchyroll is the streaming service our show is on. Yes. Uh, it's also on HBO Max, but Crunchyroll is kind of the, the flagship um, streaming site. And they throw an anime convention. And so my castmates, we were there. We did a big panel, super fun. But what, you know, someone was asking us, they're like, oh, it seems like you guys all really get along. And and for me, they're very, that was very, a very accurate um, observation from that person uh, because we do, we all really get along. We all yeah. really like each other. And uh, I think that's what, what it's all about for me. I really just love, I love a good group activity. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there could be times where it's like the polar opposite, so to speak, and you're not, um, yeah. you know, are you spending a lot of time with these people in the booth or is this all done virtually VPN sort of, or maybe a hybrid? Yeah. So for Jujutsu Kaisen specifically and most anime dubbing, you do not record ensemble. That's what it's called when you're all okay. together in the room. Uh, yeah. So we all recorded separately. Um, and we started recording Jujutsu Kaisen in 2020. So that was before the studios were back open. Everyone was recording from their home studios. It was a feat, uh, and basically magic that the shows even new shows even came out during that time. Cause literally, I mean, you know, you remember it's, we're still sort of in it. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So, uh, that's true. Yeah, so it was it was a feat that they were even able to have some new content come out. But um, 
we do, even though we didn't record together, um, and we still don't, um, we do spend a lot of time with each other kind of on our like press circuit or conventions and things like that. So that's yeah. a lot of fun. Have you been doing a lot of that? I'm sure. Yes. Uh, it's that time of year where everybody's out yeah. uh, meeting people. Yeah. I'm sort of back to back with a couple of big ones. I did San Diego comic-con and then we had the Crunchyroll expo. Um, I've got anime NYC coming up later this year, November, which is a really another, another really big, um, anime convention before San Diego comic-con was anime expo in Los Angeles, which is like the biggest anime convention in the States. So yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, but I will never complain because how fortunate of a thing that I get to do to, uh, and be invited to these things and meet people who wait in lines and living other people's dreams. As they say, it's crazy. (laughs) We just had the Denver fan expo here about a month ago. And I, I, I knew anime was big, but I didn't realize how genre bending it was and how big of a reach it has. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. It's been interesting to see sort of the, I don't know, resurgence of, yeah. That's or just like or just like the surge in popularity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about it, I mean, it really is kind of a product of the COVID era. Yeah. And everyone's stuck at home. What are you going to do? You're going to watch TV. And you, there's only so much stuff to watch until you have to like start seeking out new content. And I think, I mean, it definitely was already popular. Anime was already popular. But I think we're seeing it starting to be more widely accepted in the in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I mean, all you have to do is scroll through TikTok to see that, like, you know, everyone is an anime fan now, which is awesome. I mean, I have friends who are like, uh, actually, uh, Jackie Jing, who is a, an amazing host. She hosted our Jujutsu Kaisen panel at the Crunchyroll Expo. And she said, man, the 12-year-old who used to get bullied, who would eat lunch by herself in the bathroom because people bullied her for watching anime would be, excuse me, would be so excited, you know, and happy and elated that her, her current self is on the Crunchyroll panel stage hosting the Jujutsu Kaisen panel, you know? So it is really cool to see sort of the rise in popularity of it all. It's really, it's really, really fun. Yeah. I find it all quite fascinating to be honest. It just, it's so crazy. So what interested you in becoming a voice actor or a storyteller? Was there a moment where you knew that this was something that you were interested in, or maybe you were exposed to it at a different point in your life, or maybe knew somebody that was doing it. Yeah. So I grew up um, watching cartoons, uh, pretty much consuming comedy, TV, movies, things like that um, in the eighties. And I always wanted to be an actor. Like my earliest memories are asking my parents for an agent, even though I don't know where I figured that out (laughs) that you need one of those. (laughs) I know. Um, What age was that? That's very curious. I I mean, it was, it was like seven or eight. I have an eight year old and I can't even imagine that question coming up in a yeah, conversation. I, I must have, yeah, I must have like seen an interview or something on TV, Probably, but, I, yeah. I, but, I, but I always <laughs> kind of knew that I wanted to be an actor and my family will tell you that like I was always performing and I was the one making the family laugh at the family events and things like that. So yeah, I, I pretty much always wanted to do it. And then, uh, when I was 16, I finally started taking an acting class and it was, a in a place called kids on camera in San Francisco. And, um, it was improv, commercial. There wasn't really necessarily an emphasis on voiceover, but the owner herself was on Sesame Street. Oh, that's so, cool. 
yeah, as a vo- as a voice of one of the characters. And so she, um, yeah, she was amazing and had a really great relationship with a lot of the talent agents in San Francisco area. And so some auditions came through. They asked her, like, hey, do you have any teen boys who can do some voiceover work? And I ended up booking some Macy's radio commercials. Okay. Yeah, and this was this was probably like either late 90s or early, early 2000s. Um, and once I kind of discovered voiceover, I was like, this is really fun. And then, um, I grew up in Northern California. Okay. I'm from Northern California as well. Are you, I'm actually here right now. I was, uh, Crunchyroll Expo was in San Jose. I'm in my parents' house. Uh, in okay. Pomona, I lived Pomona. in, uh, I lived in Vacaville, California okay. near Fairfield. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, exactly. the Sun, I just, the Sun Valley mall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just it. moved from there, like to Colorado, like two months ago. Yes. Okay. Got it. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, did stuff up here. There's a small, a sm- I wouldn't say it's small, but it is smaller than Los Angeles um, industry up here. And so I did a lot of like voiceover for tech companies uh, back in I the day who were doing like teaching kids how to speak English in other countries via CD-ROMs when those existed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might have to clarify what that is, but yeah, uh, a CD-ROM is a no. It's a yeah. It's basically like an old disc with a video game on it that you would put in your computer. Um, much like an early PlayStation, hey, that, that's a comparable uh, analogy. I as think. a as a sidetrack here, I remember when our classroom got CD-ROMs for the first oh, time. Yeah. That was like the coolest thing. It would, yeah, oh, yeah. Early, would, early the early AOL sound, yeah, as and well. And it would yeah. load up. Sorry, I digress. Yeah. I no. interrupted you. I apologize. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Um. So yeah, so just uh, once once I kind of got started up here, I never really stopped. Um, I did junior college for a couple of years, and then I knew that I wanted to move to Los Angeles. So I used finishing up my undergrad degree uh, as a way to get myself down there. So I went to school to, at Pepperdine uh, down in Malibu. And pretty much from the moment I got to LA, I hit the ground running, got myself an agent. And uh, I would say a lot of my VO success in northern california in the san francisco area didn't translate to la right away and it took me some time to sort of get my footing in the voiceover world in los angeles but in the meantime i had a lot of success on camera commercially and i was doing like i don't even know five eight ten commercials a year um and that's sort of what kept me afloat and allowed me to make a living acting and then 2009 2010 I signed with an amazing agent down in Los Angeles, CESD Talent. And from there, my whole voiceover journey changed. I mean, within months, I had booked a, a Disney XD pilot uh, that yeah. nothing happened with. But um, shortly after that, I was on Star Wars The Clone Wars, which was on Cartoon Network for a couple of episodes. And uh, yeah, I just really kind of jumped off the momentum and um, until Star happened in 2013. So. The rest is history. It's crazy. Like the business is competitive as it is, but I understand that voiceover world is probably even more competitive than just say, you know, a traditional actor that's trying to get work. And that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The the way I kind of look at it all is if you want to do anything well or be at the top of your game in any field, it's hard. So yeah. You can sit there and be like, oh, there's so much competition or it's so difficult. Or you can just be like, all right, someone's got to book this stuff. It might as well be me. I've just got to keep going. 
And my whole thing, this is what I've always said is I'll just outlast everybody. If, if I have, if there's a lot of competition, I'll just make sure that when they start to get tired and fade off or they have their success and they decide they want to do something else, like I'll just keep going. I'll be the one who's still standing. So, you know, I don't know, maybe one day I'll get tired and I'm sure I will, you know, and, and I'll want to kind of move on or do something else. I don't know. But, uh, Again, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, I tell people all the time I'm getting paid to do what I used to get in trouble for in junior high school. So like, what else, (laughs) what else can I ask for? You know, I love it. I love it. Well, Adam, this has been a pure pleasure. Last question. I'm sure you go out a lot. People see you talk to you. What is the one most requested voice that fans ask of you? Ooh, there's two things. People love hearing Marco Diaz from Star. They always want me to say super awesome nachos. Or <laughs> uh they uh they want me to say a line from Jujutsu Kaisen that was actually not in the dub, but uh I took a a scene from the English dub of Jujutsu Kaisen. I erased my own voice and redubbed it. So my character Yuji introduces himself to the principal of his high school and he says, My name's Yuji Tadori. I'm into girls like Jennifer Lawrence. It's nice to meet you. Just randomly throws out that fact. Well, I took that scene and I redubbed it, and people ask me all the time to say it. And I said, My name's Yuji Tadori. I'm into girls like Megan the Stallion. It's nice to meet you. you <laughs> I love it. Adam, it's been a pure pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank my you friend. so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.